Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Greensburg. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Decatur County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome. This is the first a two-hour day. show. It's a two-hour show, oh, okay. and we call it the first day. And we're brought to you, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm Flemmy. Uh, don't, but don't call me that. We're brought to you by Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips. They're real estate consultants with Crosspo- Crossroads Collective at Compass Real Estate. CrossroadsCollectiveHomes.com. Also, HoosierHomeValues2023.com if you'd like to take a look at what your value, of what the value is of your home. You can do that and you can do it right now. And it'll be helpful to you, too. They're going to join us, Greg and Lisa, in about uh, 25 minutes or so. I'm Terry Stacy, along with Denny Smith. Good morning, dear one. Good morning. Colin's here. Good morning. Happy race weekend. Yeah, here it is. So how'd the portraiture go yesterday? I'll tell you about it a little bit, because oh, okay. I will. <laughs> all right. Uh, it is a big sports weekend here, and I missed all the sports yesterday. But this I know, Colts lost in Buffalo 19-23, to 23, or 23-19, to 19, yeah. however you like to Anthony did great, though. He did do well, and the fans are really excited. Great expectations, not not too too high, but they're happy. They've got high hopes. We have high hopes. IndyCar, congratulations to Scott Dixon. How about that? I'm so happy for this guy. Especially coming out after the spinoff, lap yeah. one. Yeah. First yeah, yellow yeah, yeah. flag right out of the gate. Happy for that guy. Uh, one of my favorites, Gallagher Grand Prix was yesterday, and he's he's just amazing. That was his 319th consecutive, consecutive race. And here's the best part. It's all been done with one team owner, Chip Ganassi. Oh, I love that. Wow. All those years with Chip. One so that's the, pretty cool. One of the ladies here in the building, uh, her husband is the crew chief for Dixon. I can't remember, I can't remember who it is, though. But anyway. uh, Well, Trisha Wicks. Trisha, that's yeah, right. Trisha Wicks' husband. And uh, so that's very cool. Ty Gibbs, congratulations to Ty Gibbs. He won the NASCAR Xfinity race. Uh, today is the last day of this big race weekend with the Cup Cars. And joining us now from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is WIBC News Director John Herrick is here. <laughs> John, hi. Good morning, Fleming. How are you? <laughs> He's alive and well. I haven't predicted him uh, being dead yet. But good morning, sir. You're taking too much collagen. I think that's what's doing it. Uh, John, how are you? You doing okay? Oh, I am. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I I had a bit of a long day yesterday. Not as long as some of the drivers did, or as some members of the you know the radio network crews that were here uh, all day. But it was. This is. This is when we get into the really fun time of year, Terry, as you know. I mean, we've got, you know, race weekend, and then you got, you know, the Colts obviously starting preseason. Pretty soon high school football is going to be starting yeah. up. I mean, when the month of August rolls around, you know the fun with sports is really starting to get going here in the fall season. That's so the truth. It's really, it's really an awesome time of year for sure. There's been a couple stories out at the track this weekend. Elio Castroneves has decided to be a team part team owner, co-owner, I understand. And tell me if any of these things are wrong. Uh, and then also Alex Pillow, not, uh, not uh, making the right decision to go with Clarendon. He's back and forth reneging on his contract for 2024. But also, John... I heard this rumor that this may be the last year 
for NASCAR, the Cup guys, to be on the road course, they may go back to Oval again next year. Is that you have? Is that true? Yeah, I, I, that's. There's certainly some validity to that, um, but I don't know exactly how. Um, I mean, that's that's still kind of unclear at this point. Yeah. Um, but that that rumor has. You know, I don't like to give too much credence to rumor, but again, that's kind of how sometimes news starts as rumor. And so you have to pay a little bit of attention. So people are asking themselves, are we going to have oval or road course or both? Um, So the future of NASCAR at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway has not been totally confirmed, but you listen to industry chatter, you listen to what people around the sport are saying, you know, I mean, that could possibly happen. Although the change is not official, you know, Goodyear is tire testing Monday and Tuesday on the oval to make sure that they are possibly prepared for the future. And, uh, you know, IMS president Doug Bowles has said he's kind of already plugged into the test. He wants to see how it goes. Um, you know, a lot of it depends on how that Goodyear tire test goes. But, you know, that perhaps is a conversation to be had about rotating the oval and the road course race, which would also keep the NASCAR and the NTT IndyCar Series shared weekend. So there's a lot uh, at stake here, and there's a lot to still be decided um, and we'll just have to see what, what happens, you know, with these tests and how people come out of it and what the drivers and the owners, everybody is saying. So, yeah, still very much uh, to be decided, but a lot to monitor in the coming days. 81 degrees and sunny. It's going to be a hot day. I think the fans, I, I personally, I like them on the road course because the, the 400 is such a long, hot, kind of boring race. And I think it's the drivers, perhaps. And, and I don't know, but maybe maybe it's the drivers that would like to be on the oval. Yeah, Denny. Yeah, John, I got a question. I- I think the drivers like the higher horsepower that oh is boy. run on the on the road course. Their spoilers are four inch, but their horsepower is six hundred and seventy horse. When they go on the oval, <laughs> the super ovals, they have they raise the spoiler for the downforce and then they restrict them down to five hundred and fifty horsepower. What do you think? I th- I think the drivers would love the road course over the oval. It's interesting that you say that, Denny, because I've heard you know, I've heard people say it both ways. I've heard some drivers say they hate the oval, and other drivers say they don't like the road course. It's it's a, definitely a matter of personal preference and what how they feel and the confidence that they have with their specific car. I don't necessarily think the fans hate the road course either, because there has been some drama late in races when there's been spinouts and you have red flags, and then you then all of a sudden after that you have crazy restarts, and so. I don't necessarily think it being on the road course is a bad thing, but also some, a lot of drivers do prefer the oval. It's, that's what's so interesting about it is because you can make a very compelling case one way or the other. Um, and I, I think, and I think a lot of it might depend on how this race goes today hmm. uh, with the Verizon 200 at the Brickyard to see how it goes. And if, if people think that it was successful, then they may want to bring it back and do a similar format next year. I, you know, this 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 IndyCar and NASCAR doubleheader weekend has always been fascinating to me because it's it's it always finds a way to be entertaining. You're blending NASCAR fans with IndyCar fans. There's this really cool crossover, but then it's not always on the same weekend, and so it's hard to main. I know one year we had it in September, another year we had it in July, yeah. and another year we had it in so there's not a ton of consistency there. So I think that also has played a role into it as well and then you got to factor in the indy next series which used to be indy lights and some people that i've talked to in the industry have said well why don't we run that race on saturday the same day that we do the pennzoil 150 or the indy car race so that you know the fans can get to know who these indy next drivers are more because not a lot of and it's not as you don't have a ton of people come out on friday nights as you do on saturday for, for those races so 
there's a lot of ideas floating around here, and I'm going to be very interested to see what they decide to do for next year because there always seems to be some kind of change from one year to the next. Personally, with the Oval, you get to see him go super fast. As a fan, that's awesome. But being with the road course, you're sitting right there on the track. You're watching them do those turns. That's super interesting. I personally also love, as you mentioned, getting to know the drivers. Last month, Shane Van Gisbergen... I don't. I don't honestly yeah, know how to. Van Gisbergen. Yes. Thank you, Van Gisbergen. You got it. And Kai. so he just made his debut in the NASCAR Cup Series last month in Chicago, and then won it, and is now then performing today. Who are you looking forward to for seeing in this race, the Verizon 200? I, well, I, here's the thing. I I definitely. I know he's starting 26, but you always got to look at A.J. Allmendinger. And A.J. Allmendinger was the, was the pole sitter in the race yesterday, got out and dueled by Ty Gibbs, and it, which is fascinating to me because Allmendinger's 41 and Gibbs is 20 years old. So, you know, they're both on total opposite sides of the age and experience spectrum, but Gibbs is so talented and such an up-and-coming uh, you know, driver on this circuit that you, you've got to pay attention to what he's doing. But Allmendinger has this incredible ability to find his way up to the front, no matter where he's starting. So I know he's starting 26, um, but he, you always, you cannot sleep on him. Very hard to win from 26, but you can't, you can't ever leave him out, especially since he was the 21 and 22 NASCAR Xfinity regular season champion. But he also has two wins in the NASCAR cup series in his career. Daniel Suarez, again, he's the pole sitter, third career pole in the NASCAR cup series. His first win was a, at the 2022 Toyota Save Mart 350 at Sonoma. So uh, he's going to be in a really good position. But some of the same guys that you saw yesterday could very easily uh, make an impact today. Uh, another guy I'm looking f- uh, for is Austin Hill. I mean, he, he, he started fourth yesterday, and, and he's uh, up there a- as well. You cannot leave him out. Chase Elliott, Tyler Reddick are in the top five. Those are all guys that I'm, I'm really paying close attention to who you see both in the Xfinity and the Cup Series. So uh, we're, we could be having a lot of crossover there. Hey, John, before we let you go, how are the crowds out there right now? I know it's, uh, the race doesn't start till 2.30. Gates opened at 10 this morning, but how's it look out there? Crowds are great, Terry. I mean, uh, you, you know, a lot of people filing in. Uh, the weather looks good. Uh, don't know if everybody's sober, uh, but, you know, everybody <laughs> everybody's having a great time. Um, and there seems to be a lot of buzz around this place, especially after yesterday. You got a lot of return people that were here for both races uh, yesterday who want to be here today. So uh, very excited to see how things turn out with the fans. It's my favorite place to be. I don't care what's happening out at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. There's still tickets available, $40 for general admission. Children 15 and under are admitted free with paying adult in general admission. So you got time to get on out there and uh, have a great day. It's going to be beautiful, hot. So remember that too, and maybe some thunderstorms later on this evening. But should be a rain-free race. We're counting on it. Hey, John Herrick, where will we hear you today? You're going to be on the fan later on yes i'll be uh on 93 5 107.5 the fan with greg regstraw and kurt darling hello sir uh, uh, yeah hey, greg just sat down next to me and he <laughs> says he wants to say hello uh so we're on <laughs> noon to 1 30 the network takes over at 1 30 with race coverage and then we will be here uh for about an hour after the post after the race is over we'll get you caught up on everything that happened recap everything and probably be here till sometime around seven before we throw it to Major League Baseball. So we got a we got a long and exciting day out here at the track. Yes, you do. Tell Kurt we said hello. You guys have a great day and we'll be listening. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for talking, John. 
Not a problem. Thank you, Terry. All right. See you later. It's 1117-93-WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. something what is this kylan <laughs> this is menudo they're racing around the track doing a little video for indianapolis i had no idea mm-hmm. i don't know anything about this i'll look up the history but it's just a song about people coming to indianapolis for races specifically the 500 but why not the verizon 200 i wish i could understand them <laughs> There we go. <laughs> Matt no, Matt Bear is here. He knows the song by heart. I was almost in, in English and Spanish. I was almost in Menudo. It was a young man's thing, you know. Really? Second place. Tell in me the, more. Uh, Fulton County version? Yeah, Fulton County. Yeah. Um, I lost a coloring contest. And then, um, Rochester, Indiana. A little, a little bit later. I can see Matt Bear. Was, uh, Listen, I want to tell you tough. something. That's so interesting. You, I, And we're going to get to Matt's Got Traffic in a minute. <laughs> you want to talk wait, about Menudo. wait a minute. Yeah. I met an artist so. yesterday from Bloomington. And he is a, cart- he is a coloring book illustrator. He makes he makes coloring books. That's so neat. I've okay. never met anybody that made color as an artist that made coloring books. Imagine going over to one of your friend's house, like an adult friend, and right. you go over, and then your their kid has one of your coloring books. Right. That'd be you so cool. You get it, cool. Kylan. That's why this is so cool. What are the coloring you, books of? I mean, what are they? Anything coloring? they ask him to do. To do. Oh, cool. He may say, you know what? We're going to need a coloring book about uh, the planets. I'm, we're going to need a coloring book about you know princesses. We're going to need a color. But he does adult coloring books. Oh, he can just do anything. <laughs> you know. Uh, I'm uh, I need to keep my mouth shut. I can go in a direction I don't want to go. Matthew, um, we've, 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 got, we've got traffic here, brother. Yes, sir. Uh, how's it looking so far? Uh, out at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. That's why he's here, in case any of you forgot there's a race out there. <laughs> We're talking coloring books. We've had so many races out at the track this know, weekend. It's, it's been really uh, prolific. But, yeah, we have one today, the Big Machine 500 Vodka 400. Is that I like that you use the word prolific. You're prolific, yeah. Yes. And, um, so you can expect traffic in or around Speedway in four. 65. It's like um, if you're coming southbound on 465 on the west side, you just want to be really careful around that Crawfordsville exit because there's going to be a line. People are eventually going to be lined up and slow. Going it goes all the way ramp. back to yeah. 38th Street and halfway to 46th yes. and 56th Street. So behave. It doesn't look terrible here at the moment. Right now, right now, people are dealing with the usual track closures you get with race day. You know, like Georgetown Road, 25th down to 16th. It yeah. shuts down. And then 16th Street with the roundabout and everything. That's going to be closed until the foot traffic clears out after the race. So it's just one of those days. Whenever we're doing something like this, I'm, <laughs> I say this all the time. Update your rideshare apps. You, you speak. 
Speedway is a beautiful place. You don't want to be stuck there. I mean, it's just I, I absolutely love it. But you don't want to get into a position where your apps do not work anymore. So check your payment information, check your ride share apps, whether it be Lyft or Uber, and just make sure all that's good to go and you'll have a better time. I was you looking know? at my stomach when he said my apps don't work anymore. You mean apps, right? <laughs> Young man, right. I, ha- I have right. seen you in various of- stages of fitness, but when you gesture, your biceps look like my thighs. No. I, are they you bounce. looking at this man? They bounce. He's, a, he's a, incredibly oh my gosh. Uh, put together. Matthew. Well, I ate a lot of pudding last night and <laughs> just kind of Yeah, and he also watched body. something scary. Yeah, I watched something scary, <laughs> he too. He texted me was... about that. We're going to talk about that in just a bit. I do want to ask you about the uh, traffic, uh, if there's any problems around our spark here on The Circle. I heard this morning 15,000 people already have visited Spark wow. on the circle and what? actually wow. taken part in it and participated and played games and and they do it all by AI technology on counting who's here and how many are in. So and it's been open how many days? Thirty days, maybe. It's been since June, I, I believe. So it's that's five hundred. Yeah. That's five hundred a day. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I that's I don't do math, but. I truly would believe it. It's always lively when we're coming to the circle. Yep. There's always people out there playing games, hanging out, you taking naps. You challenge me to ping pong. I'm about half tempted to take you on, young lady. <laughs> 15,000 people. It's remarkable. It's all in this test to see whether or not they want to shut down Monument Circle for good. What do you think about oh, that? Oh, um, no. Yeah. Well, okay. That's. I mean, it's a good conversation. We've been having it since the Ballard administration. You know, before I moved down here, we've been talking about yeah. this. What to do with Monument Circle. Are we all in agreement something needs to be done here? I mean, that, that's my first thing. Do we well, need to do with something with Monument Circle? My answer is yes right now. You know, look what would happen. You would get a circle around that would include Illinois, Ohio. It would go over to Pennsylvania and then what, down to Washington or Maryland. That would be your circle around. But you wouldn't get... I wouldn't be able to drive around a Christmas tree. And I understand that. My dad made the exact same comment. He has so many memories driving around the circle with Grandpa. And just seeing the different, uh, I mean, it was J.C. Penney. It was just an atmosphere when it was open on the circle. And he's going to miss that. And, And I totally, I'm so empathetic to that. However... There also is an opportunity here, and, and we've been talking about it long enough to redirect downtown and to give it a new life and a whole brand new convention. And I do believe shutting down the circle could be part of that if you really try to develop the convention business. Be like, okay, what do we do with Wholesale District? You make it about the convention center. That's, that's what you do. Everything you put into it. Maybe put in a market that's 12 years. Uh, 12, now I do no, like that closes argument. after 12 yeah. years, 12 months out of the year, where <laughs> you know you can make it outdoors during the summer and, and then uh, indoors during the winter. All sorts of things, but just design everything for the convention center become the convention capital of North America. That is something you can do with downtown, and I think it's a realistic premise. I yep. really do. But something has to be do with Monument Circle, because if we get one more damn bank down here, it's Sunday, I apologize. One more <laughs> bank down here, I, I'm absolutely going to lose my mind. And, and I know you're a money guy, Denny, and I, and I absolutely hey, am too. I got one bank, and yeah. it's far, far away. We, so. we have no more Starbucks, so I can't get coffee. I haven't had coffee since I produced for Tony Katz. I, I sort of sense that. Yeah. His level of pissivity just jumped up there. You know, Matthew D., one of the things that I really am glad to see is that (laughs) underneath the arts garden, it appears to be normal finally. I don't know whether there has been an effort to get the homeless and people, but for our conventioneers, they walk right past that. When they leave the convention center, they're going to their hotels, 
and now it's, it appears to be safe to walk underneath the arts garden, and I like that a lot. People are trying, and it's not perfect, and there's not going to be an overnight response to it. And the question comes down to this, because we're all humane people in this room. Humane people work at this radio station. How do you humanely make that intersection and other intersections in downtown Indianapolis safe for tourists while being good and treating the people as yeah. human beings and people? How do you do that? I mean, well, I don't have all the answers because it's a complex problem. I it will really say is. this. Conventions continue to come back. Yes, I mean, they Gen do. Con just signed back up. So, 70,000 so We may all be complaining about, about what we see here, but it's not enough that it's scaring, I believe, the convention business away. Or the 85% or whatever it is um, that uh, uh, are living down here now. You yeah. know, I mean, those 85% full, I keep hearing. Yeah. Uh, we also have the Bicentennial, Bicentennial, Bicentennial Unity Plaza that is going to be opening up. Thanks to Pacer Sports Entertainment. So good. This is coming up August 24th. And this is a place where there will be ice skating and pregame parties and music and games and all kinds of stuff. Again, always being another used space that will perhaps help conventioneers or whatever yes. else. And don't forget with the Alonco, you guys know Alonco, uh, they, they make uh, dog drugs. That's you right. You know, they used to be with Eli Lilly and right. now they're not anymore. They, they, they're building this huge, like, 22,000-acre facility that's going to push downtown to the west of White River. And it's going to be this green campus. It's going to change the oh. skyline of Indianapolis. It's going to be done in a few years. So downtown is realistic. I mean, not figuratively expanding. Yeah. It is literally expanding to the White River. And that old GM stamping plant, that yeah. eyesore that we haven't been able to use for, well, since I've lived down Diamond here. Diamond chain? Yeah. Di- Diamond chain. What, that's going to be the Indy 11 stadium. That's in the 11. That's Boys in the 11. Blue. So, you know, things are happening down here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Do we need to They're take his blood street. pressure? Yeah, sorry, Man, sorry, he's, sorry. Okay, he's I'm fired up. Well, I'll tell you what. Matt is going to find some coffee. <laughs> And we're going to do this because uh, we. this is the first day show. We're brought to you by Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips. They are real estate consultants with Crossroads Collective at Compass Real Estate. You can find them at CrossroadsCollectiveHomes.com. We'll also find them on social media, Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips. Look for them on Facebook and Instagram, CrossroadsCollectiveHomes.com. And they're here. Greg Yay. and Lisa, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. All right, everybody, take a breath. We're going to talk about real estate for a minute. Because right, it's so, always a hot topic. So we don't want to get taken advantage of on home improvement <laughs> and remodeling projects. And uh, th- this is a time of year where a lot of that's going on because people are trying to get ready. The kids are going back to school. they got some time to do it, and they want to get it done before the holidays. Greg, mm-hmm. why is this even an issue in a world where there's so much information availability on contractors and home improvement vendors? How do we how – do why is it even an issue to try to not get taken advantage of? Well, there's always a shortage – of people to do these kinds of projects, Denny. That's number one. We've had a, uh, a talent shortage, if you will, a, a labor shortage for a very long time. And so a lot of not so good people have cropped up and are taking advantage of the situation. So it's really important to do your homework, not just to respond to Chuck in a truck who comes to the front door on Tuesday morning. <laughs> Chuck in a truck? We heard it. Two dogs and a hippie. <laughs> Yeah, in the truck. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Okay, Kylan. Kylan's got a question, guys. There's always going to be some, as you said, not so good people in all different types of industries. Like for me, going into some of the car mechanic worlds, you don't know a whole lot about everything. Lisa, in this instance, who's most likely going to be taking advantage of something like this with a home improvement scam? Um, You, your age group, your gender. Um, I just had actually a young first-time homebuyer client that paid something obnoxious for a new roof, and her father and I both, like, got very frustrated because we're like, 
they were taken advantage of because of their age and their gender. Um, that's just kind of, you need to be aware of it. You need to be aware of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's excellent. I'm glad mm-hmm. to know that because I didn't realize, I always felt it was my gender <laughs> and my age. It's a little uh, bit it's our gender. I mean, it, 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 I, mean I just think that we... It's unfortunate. Yeah. You need to talk to more people. You need to get more quotes. That's what it's going to come down to. Hey, talk Greg. Talk to your friends, family. Yeah. Thank you. Greg, what's one of the most important things to have in place before you let a contractor even start on your project? You want, obviously, references that you can verify, but you also want a specified contract in place. And the, the, the devil is always in the details. I'm sure Denny has done that. Somewhere along the way. I just lost money on you. We bet on that answer. I bet on you. I thought you were going to say you better have a permit in the window and a dumpster in the driveway. That's what he said. You know what? Those almost feel like luxuries anymore. If we just can get a contract and get somebody to do what they say they're going to do, uh, that's the most important thing. Look, the contract is really important. And and, and also, look, a lot of contractors will want some level of a down payment. And I, I do understand that. You know, things like seeing if you can pay the product vendor directly instead of just handing money to a contractor, that will protect you somewhat because then the money just doesn't disappear to the wind. So have a specific contract and watch your money. Those are the first two things you got to be doing to, to make sure you got a good start. Lisa, what other things are helpful to keep the remodel or the upgrade on track just to keep it going? What do we want to have? I mean, we, we just want to definitely have expectations out there and timelines. And again, I think... A lot of this is word of mouth. You can find some great people that, you know, chucking a truck is not necessarily awful and bad. If you can get people, like, again, they might be the most reliable. Just talk to your friends, family, get some different names, and just make sure that you don't pay everything up front. I'm stuck on something that we already were talking about, and I'm kind of disgusted at the thought of this because I've been ripped off before, and so... Greg, what are the what's like the first step a homeowner should do before they embark on a project like this to avoid a scam? Well, great, like these. Great question. Two, two things really quickly. Number one, before you throw money at any kind of project, make sure it's something that will ultimately pay you back. I know that many of us do projects and home improvements for quality of life. That's great. But before you start putting in seafoam green countertops, you're going to want to make sure that someday somebody's going to want to buy that house from you because we all do move eventually. So that's a big part of it. You know, doing your homework on the contractor through the Better Business Bureau, through uh, a number of different professional organizations, it's really, really important. You know, we all work too hard for our dollars. And to take a chance on something before we've done our homework and we know exactly who we're dealing with, I cannot emphasize that enough that that having the detailed information about your project person, like, for example, in their references, do they show up for appointments when they say they're going to be there? That's one of the leading complaints by people who have been scammed. So you got to do your homework, gang. That's really the starting point. Okay, Lisa, before we let you go, what about a couple of additional things that are going to give you peace of mind as you hire a contractor? Oh, my goodness. So I think we just need to... Again, communication, double check. I would agree with Greg, definitely. It, who shows up first? Do they show up on time? How, what's their appearance? What's their references? Do they, do they have any complaints filed against them? You know, are they bonded and insured? That's another biggie because if they fall down on your property and they're not insured, you know, there can be legal ramifications to that. So making sure you have all of those things in place and understanding them, I, I just – you know, cannot tell you how important those things are. And, and we don't even dig deep enough many a times. Oh, yeah, I can do the job. We'll start on Tuesday. Well, here's half the money. Here's $3,200. That's a big red flag. If you don't have somebody who's saying, talking about pulling the right permits, somebody who's talking about specifics, 
that's really what you need to be most careful of. And if you're careful, the odds are you're going to have a really good uh, end game than all of this. Nice round of applause for Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips. You are amazing. You're the best. And uh, we appreciate you so much and the good stuff you bring to us each and every week. Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips, they are real estate consultants with Crossroads Collective at Compass Real Estate, CrossroadsCollectiveHomes.com. And to check your value of your home, go to Hoosier Home Values 2023.com. Be sure to look for Greg Cooper on Facebook and Instagram. Same thing for Lisa Phillips. And uh, thank you both so much. We will talk to you next week. Hey, Denny, only three more weeks for the open-toed shoes. Don't forget. <laughs> Can't wear white after Labor Day. Thank you, boss. Oh get, the white, put, get, the, get ready to store the white in the mothballs and put the open-toed shoes away. You rascal. It's 1137. It's the first day, 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Denny Smith, Kylan Talley here in studio with us with the latest in traffic. If you are heading out to the track today, Matt Bears here. Hello, everybody. Happy Sunday to you. Um, yeah, we have big races at the uh, Machine Vodka Big 500. Oh, you got <laughs> all the, the words in. Thank Speedway, you. Uh, not, not in the right order, but that's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's happening at the track at Speedway. Beautiful Speedway, Indiana today. And right now, I mean, we have the regular closures going on. Georgetown, 25th South. And then 16th shut down in front of the track. And that's going to be closed until the pedestrian foot traffic clears out. You know, so we're doing Indianapolis 500 rules today with the road closure. So, you know, just there be prepared go. for anything and, and leave early. And if you have to shop in Speedway, today go to zionsville you'll be fine that's matt bear with always the best information uh you can still get tickets out to the race today tickets are i think i said 35 40 dollars uh at the gate and then kids 15 and under with a paying adult they get in free that's a pretty good deal yeah beautiful day maybe some thunderstorms later on this evening i know we're getting we want to talk to matt about something that uh he's watched and went just nuts over last night but i do want to mention because we just heard the story about maui our hearts break truly break and I have been obsessed with watching what's going on especially because I mean for those of you and so many of us have been to Hawaii at some point uh, and Lahaina was the most beautiful place on earth I thought I haven't been to every place on earth but it was the most beautiful place I've ever been and so our hearts break for everybody that is out there and there are all kinds of ways to help excuse me if you would like to do that if you'd like to donate uh, the numbers continue to climb. I believe it was like 90 was the last herd of those that have, have that have died in the fires. Thousand, maybe a thousand, even still missing. But if you would like to help, there are ways to do that. Sim- we've got, in fact, a couple ladies from the Red Cross volunteering their time from here in Indiana just left for Hawaii to help. And Red Cross is a great source. Red, all you have to do is text the word Red Cross to 9999, and you can make a $10 donation. The Hawaii Community Foundation. 
You can also donate there, hawaiicommunityfoundation.org, the Maui Food Bank, mauifoodbank.org, and then don't forget our, our friends, the animals, the Maui Humane Society, mauihumanesociety.org, and they're helping those animals that have nef- that uh, have been hurt was by really, the fires because everybody just had to leave. It was in seconds yeah, their homes were gone. I was really gone. touched by that one live interview. The guy said it was everywhere, and I, I started thinking – What if you're in Brown County and there's so many fires everywhere that you have to jump in that lake in order to save yourself? And he was talking about jumping in the ocean. And I'm going, damn, that's a a lot of disaster and fire around you that you have to seek out the ocean to save yourself. I mean, that's... Uh, it was it's terrifying to listen to tell that story. And terrifying. And the pictures that you've seen, it really was a fire. It looks like a firestorm. Cars were melted, too. Yeah. Then. Melted. Just melted. Did you see the satellite picture of the before and after of Maui? Oh, no. Yeah. You should look it up. It's completely like It is one of the most beautiful places on earth. And, uh, yeah. It's the just thing a that shame. bothers me right now is they're in the very premature stages of the recovery effort right now. So right anything back. they're doing is very much a grassroots effort. I mean, we're talking yeah. federal and state response just isn't happening yet. So It's neighborhoods. It, yeah, it's neighborhoods. And we're talking about no gasoline and no cell phone reception. I mean, this is just a very initial stage. Matt, their, supply chain, their supply chain is just devastated. I mean, if it's not coming from Hawaii, the main island they got nothing right now because there's nothing left on maui think about the water supply you were talking earlier uh, terry right. amongst us about how the hotels have already cabbaged on to a lot of the water supply yeah you can't fight fires but then you don't have water to drink that's normally it. in a firefight we we warn people in the plumbing codes you always have to bo- boil your water after a fire no matter what because the contaminants that come into the water source so they've got Matthew, you're right. The, the issues there are, are terrible. It's there. such a good point. Terry and I were discussing a little bit off the air, and it, 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 milk was costing what ten dollars a gallon. That was a already. long time ago, a long right? Time a, ago. A ten, because of the supply, because of getting things mm-hmm. to Hawaii, it's so far away. Yeah, and as you're saying, Danny, you know, you're already importing everything. Can you imagine the, the cost of goods? here when recovery really you're gets right. started in earnest. I mean, you're still talking about milk and eggs and you're all right. the things here on the mainland that we've been you're right. dealing with with inflation. They don't have now. Jiffy yeah. Lube. They don't have these convenience stores. Right. They, a, a 7-Eleven in Maui right now would be a home run, but they don't have any of that. So their supply chain, imagine if your car was in the in the shop to get fixed, yeah. waiting for parts. Well, those parts aren't coming now for a long, long time. So just transportation, food, energy, you know, all the resources that we think of, man, those people are going to be in summer camp for a long time. And they're trying, you know, obviously the tourists had to get out of there. And that was so many were on the island were tourists. And so they needed to get them out of there to safety. But also because what was left, some of those hotels, they needed to put those that lived in Hawaii, that lived in Maui, into some of those hotels for shelter for a while. So um, anyway, I think most of the tourists are gone now and out and uh, back home. And uh, and again, cleanup continues. Some of those wildfires continue to burn, uh, but it has just been awful. And so I'm a huge fan of the Salvation it. Army. And oh, I forgot so to mention we, Salvation yeah, Army, and I'm yeah. sorry I didn't mention no, that's them. They were right. on my list. They, uh, me too. They, they take care of business. And so if you're looking for a place that you think is safe to contribute through, absolutely, Salvation Army would be a the good place to The best. They know what to do with that money. Uh, SalvationArmy.org, you can do that for sure. And uh, just let them know that this is for Maui. Uh, again, Terry Stacy. Jenny Smith, Kylan Talley. It is 11.49. We did not get to hear... Do you want to take a break now, Kylan, so we can hear Matt's about the thing that maybe... Sure. Okay, yeah, because this is big and you all want to be here for that. (laughs) It's coming up next as we continue on the first day. 93 WIBC.
Joey Stacy, Matthew Bear in studio, watching traffic for you this morning as you head out to the track. Also, Denny Smith, Kylan Talley, producing today's show. Kylan. We have been teasing towards it this whole last half hour. Matt, you've watched the Painkiller new series on Netflix. It just premiered on August 10th this past, what is that, Thursday? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. You've watched it. Have you, you binged stop. it? Is it a it's, stream or skip? All right. It, it, first off, I, I do stay at home Saturday nights and watch Netflix. That's what I do. Um, you this is, um, <laughs> you know, with with my experience in addiction, whether you know I'm an alcoholic, and you know, there's things that have been there with painkillers, very much so in my late 20s, and this opiate crisis that we had here in the state of Indiana with OxyContin and across the United mm-hmm. States of America that started well, what, what, in the late 90s and is, is still kind of, it still proceeds today, even though we're now finally aware of it. They released this show, it's called Painkiller, and it's about all the lies that were brought on to us about Purdue Pharmacy, not Purdue University, or the chickens. Okay, this is Purdue Pharma. This, oh. this is, yeah, this is Purdue Pharma, the people that made OxyContin. And they bring this... All these lies, all these marketing lies, because the Sackler family, what they believed in is not only making a pill that you cannot get on, to cure pain, but to make you addicted to it and make it so it was so readily available. And they lied into the marketing about how it wasn't addictive and and, and the numbers that that they had to be able to source in the studies that they created. It is just a remarkable portrait of how we were all duped. And how we were lied to about this oxycontin, and and how the the, the 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 sales force of it was just absolutely remarkable. You know, they they brought in young females to go talk to the older doctors, oh, and that's wow. how they they would give gifts oh, and wow. donuts and everything. The the show. It was a little melodramatic, but if you are not familiar with addiction, this is a great place to start. And it will begin a little bit more of an understanding. And if you are, you know, we're all ignorant until we learn something. But check this out. I mean, it, it has so much value about it. Not even just understanding the, the, the pharmaceutical and the, um, the role they played in the opiate crisis, but also what it did to our families. And it's really remarkable at how they show something. I could talk about it all day, but I know. Well, if you want to stick around, we've got a few things in the next hour, but you please stay and we will continue this conversation with, because Denny, you know about this as well. Uh, We're going to do that. We're going to take a quick break, get you some news, and we'll be back for another hour. You're listening to The First Day, brought to you by Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips, real estate consultants at Crossroads Collective at Compass Real Estate. CrossroadsCollectiveHomes.com, 93 WIBC.